Isaiah chapter 38, if you know where we're at, uh, Hezekiah in verse 1 it says he was sick unto death. And the old preacher boy come to him and told him, said, you need to get your house in order. God said, you're going to die. That's a pretty hard thing to take right there. That's, that's not a good thing. Not only, you're going to die, Hezekiah. We, just, we find out he just came out of a different valley in chapter 36 and 37. If you read, go back and read that when, when you get a chance, uh, right before he gets to this valley in his life. Can I say this? That's just life. That, that's just life. You go through one tragedy and one trial and as soon as you come through it and uh, it seems like your feet black on the ground, you know, it seems like things are starting to get better in your life and everything's going back to normal and then all of a sudden another one comes upon you and you're right back down in that valley and that trial that uh, you don't want to be in. And you ask God, is it because I'm a wicked, ungodly sinner? Well, not always. <laughs> not always. Sometimes it's just life. We live in a wicked, ungodly world today. It just is, there's, there's a fallen world. And offense will come in your life. All that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We live in a world of death and discouragement, heartache and pain. And sometimes it's just like it's life. Jesus never promised that we wouldn't have trials, valleys, or heartaches. He never promised none of that. There's no promise in the Bible that says you'll never go through what Hezekiah is going through. The promise is, I will be there with you. I will be there when you go through it. It says, I will strengthen ye, yea, I will help thee, uh, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. He said, I'll go through your heartache, and your trials, and your valleys with you tonight. So Hezekiah is facing a very difficult situation. He's, he's looking at a, a, a hard road ahead. He's been told uh, he's sick unto death, and then the prophet come by and says, uh, God said to get your house in order because you're going to die. Look at verse 14 of chapter 38. I read this and this word hit me and it hit me hard. It said in verse 14, like a crane or swallow, so do I chatter. I did mourn as a dove. My eyes fell with looking upward. Watch this. O oh Lord, I am oppressed. Undertake for me. Undertake for me. Let us pray. Father, we just ask you tonight to touch our hearts, lift us up, encourage us. 
Help us be what we need to be, Father. And Father, I pray that you would use the words that need to be said tonight to prick the hearts, to move us closer to you. It's not my words, but your words. And Father, we'll praise you. We'll glorify you. We'll give the honor in all things we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is what I want to get into your hearts tonight. When Hezekiah starts to speak, and this is when he starts to speak, this word that he is going to say, undertake. Now he's in a dark valley. He don't know what's going to happen. He's going to make it. He don't even know if he's going to make it out of it. So what does he do? He calls for the undertaker. That's a wise thing to do. Uh, If you know you're about ready to take your last breath, uh, if you know there's an end for you, uh, it would be a wise thing to call for the undertaker. But this undertaker that he's calling on uh, is not the one that we have the concept of the undertaker today. It's this undertaker we think about that deals with afterlife. It is the dead person. But Hezekiah's not dead. Hezekiah said, O Lord, I am oppressed. Undertake for me. Hezekiah's calling for the undertaker not after death, but he's calling for the undertaker of life. Our conception of an undertaker is one that comes and does something for a dead person that cannot do anything for themselves. And Hezekiah is saying the same thing. Oh Lord, I I cannot do anything for myself. I'm in a bad situation. I'm in a dark place. I'm in a deep valley. It seems like everything's starting to cave in me. I cannot help myself. And like the undertaker does for the dead person, he's calling on the undertaker of life. He says, you know what? I can't do this. You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to do something in my life that I cannot do for myself. So the the word undertake literally means someone who takes control of business or the affairs of someone else. So he's calling on somebody to come and take control of his life, something that he cannot do for himself. Preaching on the word undertaker. I am glad I have a personal undertaker tonight. I am glad there is someone that has assumed uh, the business of my life upon himself. Who said in this world will assume the the worst problems of my life. The worst uh, life business of my life. He's taken upon himself. The Bible says we have not high priests which cannot be a touch with the feelings of our infirmities. But was in all points tempted like we were yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in the time of need. We have someone that will assume 
our life for us. The affairs of the life. When it gets over our head, when it gets beyond our ability, things that we can do nothing about, I'm glad there is a God in heaven who will assume it for us. He will undertake it for us. Uh, uh, the truth to be told, He's been undertaken for every one of us. It's a long, long time tonight. We took prayer requests for those who need, those that need to be saved, those the lives that need to be touched. Listen to me, there's not one person on that prayer list that I can undertake for. There's not one person on that list that I could touch. I wished I could. I wished I had the ability to save someone. I wished I had the ability to heal someone, but I cannot do it. I can pray for them. I can love them. I can beg God on their behalf for them. But matter of fact, I can't. So what do you do? Take it to someone that can. Somebody who is able to pick up the pieces from a broken home. Someone able to take a sinner lost and undone and save. Someone that take a sick one that's on the verge of death and lay his hand on them and they raise up. Someone that can hear every one of our prayers at the same time and answer to every one of them at the same time. He's not overwhelmed. We get overwhelmed with life, but he's not overwhelmed with things of life. And he's heard every one of our prayers. He's the undertaker, y'all. He's the undertaker. He is my personal undertaker tonight. When I, had, when I was doomed, he saved me. Uh, when I was stressed, uh, he settled me. When I was discontent, he satisfied me. When I'm distant, he sees me. When I'm dying, he surrounds me. His blood covers me. His book comforts me. His blessings confound me. He is surrounding, overwhelming me. His life overshadows me. The lordship of him rules over me. His grace is enough for me. His glory excites me. His goodness is exceptional to me. I'm telling you, he's my undertaker tonight. Every one of us need an undertaker tonight. And I'm not talking about the undertaker after death. I'm talking about... The undertaker in this life. I know there's those who wants to assume the business and affairs of their life on themselves. They think I don't need anybody. Nobody to tell me how to run my life. Uh, nobody to tell me what to do. Uh, let me know how that works out for you. I know we're living in an age of day where women want their independence and I'm all for it. Be independent if you want to be independent. You don't need a man to do this. You don't need a man to do that. You just let me know how that works out for you tonight. Every one of us needs an undertaker tonight. 
So why does even Hezekiah think that God is able to do anything for him in his condition? Why does Hezekiah says, I, I, I need somebody. I, I need some help. Why does Hezekiah says, you know what? I'll call on him. What would he do? Why did he do that? First of all, let me say this. He learned from God what God has done in the past. He knows what God has done in the past. If you go in chapter 36, uh, uh, Sennacherib, the king of uh, the Assyrians, has surrounded them. They cannot get out. They can't come in. They can't go. They are surrounded by the Syrians and it looks doom and gloom for them. But in verse 18, he said, Beware lest the Lord deliver us. And they said, they said, hey, all the other gods of all the other people, they said their gods would deliver them and now they're in our hands. And what they were doing, they were mocking Hezekiah. says, hey, all the other people called on their gods and it done them no good. You go ahead and call on your God and I'm going to tell you, you're going to be in my hands. Sennacherib was just mocking Hezekiah. Well, ain't that the way the world is today? They mock you and mock you and mock you. You can't do that. You can't do this. I, I find this. He said, God ain't going to deliver you. And, and I find this. The devil will get in his ear and tell you, God ain't going to help you this time. I've heard that voice, and y'all know I'm not as spiritual as y'all was. <laughs> I've heard that voice. You've done, done it this time. God is through with you. God ain't going to help you through this. I, I've heard that voice in my ear. I, I've been in a place where I said, Lord, uh, I don't know. I, I'm about to give up. Uh, and the devil will say, hey, God's going to leave you. You're not been delivered yet. You're still there. God doesn't hear your prayer. God hasn't heard anything you've said. I've been there. He's going to say, he said, God ain't going to deliver y'all. God ain't going to do it this time. God ain't going to help you this time. It's over and done. You're a mine. I, I find that the devil will keep, you, keep on you tonight. You just keep letting him going at you. Just when you think he's away, he keeps coming back after you. You might take a break today, but tomorrow the devil will be right back in your ear. Chapter 37, verse 10, it says, Thou shall you speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah, saying, Let not only thy God, in whom thou trusted, deceive thee, saying, Jerusalem shall not be given under the hand of the king of Assyria. He said, where's all the other kings at? Where are their gods at? They have been delivered in my hand. 
You say, what does Hezekiah do when he gets the news like this? Why, what would, can you do when you get that news? He does what you and I ought to do when we get news that we don't understand. We can't under, get a hold of it. When the devil starts jawing your ear, he doesn't say a nothing to him. Verse 21, but they held their peace. And answered him not, not a word, for the king's commandment was saying, answer him not. Can I say, if you're talking to the devil, stop talking to him. You don't need to talk to the devil. The worst thing you can do is start talking to the devil. But run for him. Run to someone that you can talk to. We're talking about the, uh, the, what he had learned in the past. In chapter 37, verse 14, uh, uh, he learned from what God had done before. He, and Hezekiah received the letter from the hands of the messengers. And, and he read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and, and, and spread it before the Lord, on the altar. And Hezekiah prayed unto the Lord, saying, he, he comes to the altar, and he puts this letter, and said, God, what are you going to do about this? We are your people. This is your land. We're the chosen. I am your king. What are you going to do about this, God? What are you going to do about this? Can I say this? Every once in a while when something hits you hard, just give it right back to God. Just, just give it right back to God. So God, I, I can't deal with this. I, I'm trying to live for the Lord. I'm trying to do what I'm supposed to do. And this comes on me. I, I can't deal with it now. Lord, you do something with it. I can't get no victory. I can't get no satisfaction. Just give it back to God when things don't look good. And ask Him, what are you going to do about this, God? I'm your servant. And the enemy is after me. I can't do nothing about this. You're going to have to undertake for me. You can't get it done by yourself. You don't have the ability. Throw it back at the Lord and say, it's yours, I'm through with it. Can I say this, prayer changes everything. Don't let anybody lie to you and say, you don't need to pray. It doesn't work. Don't tell that to Hezekiah. He's done, seen too many prayers, answered and believed prayers. God changes things. Prayer does change God tonight. Prayer does touch the heart of God tonight. Prayer does change the minds. Prayer activates the hand of God. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that prayer doesn't work. 
God said in chapter 37, verse 5, For I will defend the city to, to save it for my own sake, and my servant David's sake. Then the angel of the Lord went forth and smote the camp of the Assyrians of a hundred, fourscore, and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think they could have went out there and killed 185,000 people that night. I don't think they had the ability, the know-how to go out into a Syrian camp where everybody was round, armed, and ready to fight. I don't think they had the ability to go out and kill 185,000 soldiers. I know the world will try to tell you it was something happened. It was a freak nature accident. Uh, earthquake shook them all up. Uh, all the enemies got snuck out there and killed them all while they slept. No, 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 no. That ain't what happened. When Hezekiah got down on his knees and said, God, I can't do nothing about this. They surround us. We, got, no, we, got, we don't know where we're going to make it through. We don't know which way to go out. But God, you've got to have to do something about this because they're mocking you. God says, watch this. Watch this. I, I got your back, Hezekiah. Don't worry about it. I got your back. I've seen what God could do, do back yonder. And what he did back yonder, he can do here. I, I couldn't get out of this. I can't get out of this. The enemy was chirping in ears and telling you. I'd watched God show up and take his mighty arm and do what nobody else could do. What God did then, God will do now. It's not the God of the past. It's the God of always, past, present, and future. God is still God. God can take care of it. But Hezekiah had to pray unto God. God heard his prayers. And 185,000 of the Syrians died. Sennacherib left and went back to Nineveh. He says, uh-uh, I can't deal with that kind of God. All the other ones I've got rid of, I, I own them, but this God, I don't know about this God. He slipped into the camp and killed everybody and one of my soldiers. This God is different from all the other gods. You say, why, why are you so sure that he's a God that can undertake for you? Because I've learned from the past. I've watched God back there supply all my needs. I have watched God back there save sinners, heal cancer, give a song in the nighttime, defeated the enemy. And if God could do it back there, He's able to walk up to your dark valley right where you're at right now, reach down and do it again. We've seen him, everyone sitting in here have seen God do some things in your life that is unexplainable. It had to be God. 
When the world has wrote you off and your family has wrote you off and says, you're not going to make it. You're no good. You know her count. You're an alcoholic. You're stumbling around. You're no, no good no more. But yet you sit in church. You got a Bible in your hand. You're singing the songs. That means somebody was undertaken for you. Somebody went down to where you at and brought you out. Amen. Filled you with the Holy Ghost in your heart. Now you sit in church and raise your hand and praise God. He's the undertaker tonight. That's the undertaker. That's what he can do. There's no need to doubt him now, Hezekiah. He brought you this far. And he'll take you the rest of the way. I'm telling you tonight, church, don't doubt him tonight. He's brought you through many trials and many valleys. Uh, there's no need to doubt him. Uh, what he did back then, uh, he's able to do now. Uh, there's not a trial too big. There's not a valley too deep that God cannot get you through it. Everyone sitting on this proof tonight that God has done something in their lives. That's God that takes care of our business tonight. What do you do when the enemy comes by and say, this is it? Just point back there and tell him, <laughs> you said that 10 years ago, I'm still here. This is it. You said that seven years ago, but I'm still here. This is it. You said that 20 years ago, but I'm still here. I'm not going to listen to you no more, devil. You ain't done nothing but lie to me time in and time out. And God has showed up each and every time and brought me back from where I was slipping down, picked me up when I was falling down, and set me in high places. I'm just going to trust my undertaker tonight. He learned for what God had done in the past. Can I say that? You and I ought to learn for what God has done in our past. Amen. He also learned on, leaned on him in the present. Boy, that sounds good there. He leaned on him in the present. You can lean on the Lord tonight, right now, if you want to. Chapter 38, he is sick. We all can attest to the fact that if you stay sick long enough, it'll mess your mind up. It'll mess you up. The devil will mess, mess with your mind. And that's where Hezekiah is at. He gets the word, set thy house in order, thou shalt die. Watch what he does in verse number 2 of 38. You've got to understand him. Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall. Wait a minute. Sick unto death. Preach man over standing there looking down at him said, Scott, I got some bad news for you. It ain't looking good. God told me to tell you, get your house in order, because you wanna die. And all he could do, 
Now, you got to remember, Hezekiah's in sick to death. He cannot get out of bed. He can't say, wait, wait a minute, uh, let me get my chair. Uh, wait a minute, let me walk over here and think about it. Hezekiah is sick in the bed, cannot move, cannot get out. All Hezekiah can do is roll over. And that's exactly what he did. Roll over to the wall. Why would he roll over the wall? Because that's the only thing he can do. Have you ever had one of those roll over to the wall experiences in your life before? When it hit you so hard, you didn't know what to do. You didn't even know if you should pray, cry, give up, or whatever. It just hit you so hard. There have been times I've rolled over to the wall and cried, shed tears for the things that was going on in my life. I've done tears and shed tears and rolled to the wall that didn't want nobody to see me crying, burdened down. You don't want people to know what you're going through. Burdened, hurting, broken. What do you do in times like that? Just find your good spot and lean on the Lord. That's what he's doing. Why? Because the Lord is the only one that can, he can lean on. I, I wish my shoulders were strong enough and wide enough for everyone in here to lean on them. But they're not. In fact, they're not even sometimes strong enough to me even to lean on them. But his shoulders are so much better. <laughs> his shoulders hold every one of us tonight. We could all lean on his shoulder tonight and he's still got room for more. He's doing the only thing in you to do. Roll over. There's someone that we can lean on tonight. God understands the language of tears. There, there's something about tears that gets God's attention. That's what he said here. Verse 3, Hezekiah wept. Verse 5, and thus said the Lord, the God of David, my, thy father, I've heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. You see, I, I don't cry. I'll tell you how precious tears are to God. He puts them in a bottle. There, there's something about Tears. Now, now, can I say this that tonight, and I don't want to sound harsh or anything like that, but there, there's something more special to God about the tears of a woman than it is the tears of a man. I thought the women would jump up and shout right then and there, but I guess they don't want to. 
There, there's something about the tears of a woman than there are the tears of a man. Hezekiah, he, Hannah went into the temple and prayed and she cried so hard that her lips moved and no words came out, but God answered that prayer. Amen. There was a Gentile woman that brought her daughter that was fixed with demons. And it was not time for Jesus to go to the Gentiles, but she was crying. And Jesus said, well, i got to do something about this. And healed her. Yep. Amen, I'm just telling you. So women, if you want something your man to do, start shedding the tears to God, and God will get on your man. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Been praying hard. <laughs> There's something about tears that activates God and God moves on the tears. So we see that he learned from what God had done in the past and we see that he leans on God in the present. Let me finish with this. He lifts God up afterwards. Hezekiah said in verse 19, The living, the living, he shall praise thee as I do this day. The father to the children shall make known thy truth. The Lord was ready to save me, therefore will we sing in songs to the string instruments all the days our lives in the house of the Lord. See, Hezekiah was so sick that he could not get out of the bed. But he had a yearning and a desire to be at the house of God. Can I say this? There are a lot of sick people in this world wish they could go to the house of God. But their bodies just will not let them. Those that you are healthy, mm -mm. those that are you are healthy and won't show up to the house of God, shame on you. There are those that love to be in the house of God, darken the doors every time they're open, but the bodies will not let them. Why is it that healthy people will not come to God, will not seek God when they need Him the most in their lives? Hezekiah could not go to the house of God. He was so sick. And he asked the Lord for a sign. Show me a sign for my recovery so that I can go back to the house of the Lord. So the sign is the sun will go back 10 degrees. And the whole point of this, him to show a sign, is because Hezekiah wanted to go back to the church. What are you going to do at church, Hezekiah? I'm going to bless his name. I'm going to bless his name. I'm going to bless the name of God. And let everybody know that God has undertaken for me. I don't want to walk in a church and sit down on a pew and got a grumbly face on my face. I want everybody to know that God has done something to me in my life tonight. I got this picture. 
Hezekiah's the king. Everybody know who he is. They know what was going on in his life. They knew he was sick unto death. There he's laying in bed so frail he couldn't get up. But he rolled to the wall and prayed. God saw his tears and answered his prayer. He gave him 15 more years. Give me a sign that I may recover and go back to the house of the Lord. The son's going to go back. The son went back. I can see old Hezekiah getting out of that bed. So frail and pale and weak. And they said, where are you going, king? Get my Sunday clothes on. I'm going to the house of God. Well, King, you can't walk. I'm going all the way to the house of God. I imagine when he got to the temple doors and they opened up and everybody inside just praising God. And somebody said, oh, the king's here. King, king, that's the God here. Look at him. All pale and white and pale coming down and sitting there. He sitting down in front and everybody having a good time. About that time, the priest says, anybody got a word for the Lord? Oh, Hezekiah, all his strength jumps up and says, I've got a word. God's been good to me. God has brought me through this valley. God has brought me through that valley. I was laying dead on my bed. In fact, the God of the heavens already said, you're going to die. I prayed unto God. He heard my prayers. He saw my tears. And I'm here today to tell you, God is still God. God is not done. God will not be finished with me until God says he's finished with me. Woo! Why don't we get excited that God healed you? <laughs> well, God ain't healed me. Yeah, you were sick, dying, and going to hell. <laughs> and the undertaker reached down. So let me lift you up. Let me get you out of that. You're no longer going to hell. I gave you life. Amen. Praise God. Mm. My, my, my. And Hezekiah, weak like he was, he says, we're going to sing songs all my life. I'm going to tell everybody how good God has been in my life. I'm not going to let a day go by that I don't share my story with somebody. Everybody in this world is going to know what God has done for me. Everybody on my block is going to know what God has done for me. Everybody in my family is going to know what God has done for me. I don't know what God has done for you, but God has done a lot for me. I've been in the valleys. I've been in burdens. I've been in trials. And every time I've been there, God said, you ain't got to go through it by yourself. I'm going to be with you. And he's been there with me every step of the way. I'm telling you, God is God. He is the undertaker tonight. He has taken all my business and my affairs of my life that I cannot handle, that I cannot deal with. He said, lay them at my feet. And I laid them at his feet. You know why I want to smile all the time? It's not because I'm so beautiful. Well, that might have something to do with it. Because I know where I'm going. And can I say, I can't wait till I get there. I'm telling you, every time I go to the doctor, I wanted them to tell me, say, hey, I got to tell you what, I got to tell you some bad news. I look at them right in the face, doctor, there ain't no bad news you could ever tell me. 
What do you mean? Uh, you, I can't tell you nothing bad. No, you can't tell me nothing bad. Why can't I tell you something bad? Because I know where I'm going. This world ain't my home. I'm just passing through. Well, you got cancer and you're going to die. Praise God. I'm just going to let everybody know I'm going home. Amen. My ticket has been punched. Amen. I'm telling you. Is God your undertaker tonight? Is, you, know, you are taking and letting God just take your life and you done took, released your life unto the God and said, here it is. I'm yours. No matter what you have in store for me, I'm yours. And I'm going to stay yours. The devil may come and tell me that you ain't there and sometimes I listen. But you always remind me, look what I did back there. Look what I brought you through back there. I can take you through what you're going through now. In fact, God says, you know what? I have a special place for you. He said, I've gone to prepare a place for you. <laughs> and if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again. Oh, yeah, you ought to get happy about that, amen. Some of us say in church, well, I'm going to heaven. Well, get excited about who you are, where you're going, and who you belong to, amen. Did you prepare yourself to come to church tonight?